But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And he took, this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. A virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, took Mary home with him as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Hallelujah. Gave him the name Jesus at last. Jesus arrived just during the worship. I don't know if, if you're a bit like me. I know one or two people are weird, so you like me. But I was just looking at the words, Jesus is Lord, and some of the Christmas lights were reflecting in that, and one of the red lights was, was just reflecting in it, and, sun, and it just looked just like a little laser, just like a little straight laser light. And I thought, yes. And when you do laser surgery, the, the surgeon is, is looking just to get to that very spot. And this morning you'll hear Julian speaking, you'll hear your own mind speaking, you might hear the devil speaking, <laughs> but you also might hear God speaking. So just open your ears, open your spirit for the little bit which might be the Lord speaking to you. Let, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the truth of your word. We want to thank you for your wonderful son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to thank you for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Father, fill us this morning afresh. Let us hear your word and let us be doers of the word and not merely hearers only. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're doing a series on Matthew and... Uh, The thing I always like about Matthew is it it is a supernatural book. God is on the move from the very beginning. It doesn't stop. Angels start appearing. There's miracles. It's all over the Bible. And I want to look at three, look at the supernatural in three ways. I want to look at Jesus, the supernatural, comes to earth. I want to look at Joseph, which is the practical and the supernatural. And then look at us. What is our practical response in this day and age to the supernatural. And I've named this the supernatural earthed. Why should the enemy have all the supernatural stuff? We have a supernatural God. And uh, I believe that we're going to hear from him this morning. Jesus came supernaturally to earth. Jesus was completely and is supernatural. He is the son of God. No earthly man could father, could be his father. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. That is the absolute truth based on God's word. He was a pure child and he lived a completely sinless life. And that's the only way that he would be able to offer himself up as that perfect sacrifice to die for our sins and to restore us to a relationship with God. God wants a relationship with us this morning. You know, we made it through the snow, great, but God wants a relationship with us this morning. If you've been saved 40 years, he still wants a relationship with you. Maybe it's time to take him out to dinner and have a bit of fresh time together. The Old Testament tells us 
how mankind continually rebelled against God. Man fell, and it was always in God's heart to restore man to the rightful relationship, and Jesus was his answer. The book of Matthew, the angel says to Joseph, you will call his name Jesus. The name is arrived. Fantastic. The Old Testament is full of signposts, full of signposts of God's longing to draw people back. Always wonder what's up there. Get him off. Are you awake? Are people awake? Yes? Yeah? Good, because one, one of the titles later is Wake Up. <laughs> but there, there are sacrifices all throughout the Old Testament. There are sacrifices, and the prophets are speaking, trying, God trying to draw people, trying to get close to people, find a way. And Romans chapter 5 says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for ungodly people like you and I. It goes on to say in verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That, my dear friends, is the truth of the gospel. There'd been animal sacrifices, the prophets had spoken. Throughout the Old Testament, God was trying to draw his people back and then suddenly a little girl, a little virgin girl called Mary, it all comes to a head in the middle of nowhere. She's betrothed to be married and then found to be pregnant. Again, I really recommend that we listen again to Steve's word on betrothal, 6th of June. Download it, listen to it. The Christmas story will come alive. Don't just get excited about the nativity on the telly tomorrow, which will be good, but get excited about what Steve preached back in June because it really helps us understand it. it understand the Bible story so much better. But God demonstrated his love to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God wanted to break through. This young girl is expecting a baby and now the supernatural, heaven, is connecting with earth. And God wants to connect with us. No matter how dead we might feel, God wants to connect with us. God broke into this young girl's life. He broke into history and his plan was starting to unfold. There has to be a connection. And even today, there must be a connection between heaven and earth. A connection with a supernatural God. Philippians 2 says these very famous verses. Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, highly exalted, give him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those on heaven, um, those, what is it? Different version, is it? Uh, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We have a supernatural God. We've been singing about it this morning. I shudder at some of the things we, we sing Let your fire fill this place. My God, what if he did? What if he did? We are too comfortable, brothers and sisters. We are too comfortable. I say that in love, not in heaviness. Secondly, Joseph, he was practical and supernatural. This man, Joseph, I've always been interested in Joseph. It says in verse 19, he was a righteous man. Oh God, that we could have some righteous men. (laughs) Righteous men, Lord, please. Mary was a virgin. She was a virtuous woman. And eventually they came together. They were not unevenly yoked. 
And as I was praying, I was, I'm going to pray like I'm preaching to a thousand. I was praying, Lord, release young couples to us. Release young men and women who are righteous. Young men, men and women who are equally yoked, who will come and join the work here at Beacon. Release them to us, Lord. Yes, bring the poor, bring the needy, bring those we can serve, but bring people that can equip us, work with us. Bring, right, Father, would you pour out your spirit? Bring evenly yoked, righteous young men and young women into this church. Is that our prayer? Are we going to get hold of, I want to get hold of God and say, Father, please, in 2011, release, even this morning, Lord, speak to young couples, wherever they are, and send them here. Send laborers. Do you feel it? Do we want that? Oh, God, we need, we need righteous men and women. We need godly people. So much rubbish in the world. We need godly people. And yet, look at Moses. Uh, Moses, you look at Moses too. Look at Joseph. He modeled grace. You know what he could have done? Deuteronomy 22. My wife's expecting a baby. Got any stones, lads? Stoned her to death. He could have done that under the law. But he modeled grace. He didn't invoke the law. His love went beyond the law. Does that remind you of someone a little higher? Our wonderful God. Romans talks all about, I've been in Romans this week, great book. He went, the love went beyond the law. He modelled, Joseph modelled grace. He demonstrated grace. Because the grace of God was about to burst into his life, namely the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord burst into your life because Jesus is coming. Please, Lord. Joseph did not let disappointment rob him. He loved this girl. Now she's expecting a baby. Great. But because of his love, and again, Steve's word would be very helpful here, he sought to put her away quietly. He sought to do it with discretion in an honourable and gracious manner. Despite the turmoil, the overwhelming sense of guttedness he must have had, he sought to do it quietly. Now, sometimes stuff goes wrong. It doesn't quite come together. We get resentful. We get angry. We can't hear God. We need to calm our spirits down. Because if we get resentful and angry, we can't hear God. When God came to Jonah, why are you so angry? Anger can block us from hearing. The enemy uses it. And it appeals to my pride to get angry and feel all self-centered. The devil can use that to stop us from hearing God. Joseph needed to hear God. And he did. What a gracious man. Joseph was considered. He was thoughtful. He thought about his response. You know, it's okay, there's a lot of change going on at the moment in a number of people's lives, mine included. A lot of change. There could be frustration. There could be disappointment. Challenging things. But it's good to take time to stop and think and to just consider what is going on. Jo- Joseph was calm enough in his spirit that he even went to sleep. How many of us say, oh, I've been so worried about the job, been so worried about my auntie Marion, I've been so worried about this. I couldn't sleep. And yet Joseph was able to sleep. Peter, in prison, in Philippi, was able to sleep. They know they're God. You know what? God wants to give us a good night's sleep. It's still part of his gifting. Anyone here struggling with speak, sleeping? I tell you what, God, God wants to give us a good night's sleep. You haven't sinned. He just wants to bless us. 
You see, it's grace. Let's have a calm spirit. Let's have a receptive spirit. You see, I love this scripture in Psalm 23. It said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Why? Because we're so busy running around, he can't get close to us. If you go for an operation in hospital, you say, I've got to have my, um, I've got to have my finger operated on. You get into the operating theatre, you say, right, operate on me, that's it, come on, quick, 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 operate on me, operate on me. You can't. The surgeon says, keep still, inject, deal with it. God says to some of us, get still, talk to God, and let him deal with it. Rushing about a little bit too much. He makes us lie down in green pastures. And if we don't lie down, he'll make us. <laughs> Once we're still, what's he going to do? He's going to restore us. Because God loves restoring us. He doesn't trick us. He doesn't give us rocks and stones when we pray for bread and meat. He wants to bless us. Matthew Henry in his commentary says this. He says, those who would have direction from God must first think on things themselves and consult with themselves. It is the thoughtful, not the unthinking, whom God will guide. When Joseph was at a loss, when he had carried the matter as far as he could on his own, in his own thoughts, then God came in with his advice. Be still and know that I am God. Not do this, do that, but be still and know that I am God. Some people here need to be still. Then what happens? The supernatural starts breaking out. Oh, hallelujah. We want the supernatural to break out? Yes, we do, don't we? We want the supernatural to break out. He has a dream. Joseph has a dream. God speaks to Joseph, and first thing he does is calls him the son of David. Now, very interesting, um, my lovely assistant on my right here, was, was sharing from the word of God this morning about when Janet was saying about the son of David in the psalm. And God comes, the, 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 the angel comes to Joseph and says, son of David. He addresses him. He reminds him of who he is. He reminds him of his value. He reminds him that he comes from a line of something more important. He's not just a carpenter. He's part of something bigger. You're part of a royal line. Do not be afraid. Brothers and sisters, you are part of a royal line. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. He gives the dream. In the dream, God gives him a simple instruction. Take Mary as your wife. And he did. Simple, isn't it? God speaks, we do it. Isn't it easy? So easy. Are we open to supernatural dreams? Who in the last two weeks has gone to bed and said, Lord God, speak to me supernaturally while I sleep? I haven't either. We have all these resources. <laughs> Why not? God comes to us. What does he do? He reminds us who he is. He doesn't remind us of our sin and our wickedness and our failings. He reminds us that we're sons. We're joint heirs. We're seated with him in heavenly places. He reminds us that we are loved with an everlasting love. He reminds us that, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That is good news. That is very good news. Yeah. If you've got the old Colin Urquhart book, In Christ Jesus, tucked away in your bookcase, can I recommend that you pull it out and just have a little look at it over Christmas? It's a good book. If you haven't got it, see Paul and he'll get you one from CLC. It's a good book, just good scripture, earth in real life, from a proven man of God. Joseph had a simple, yet a real faith. 
I mean, would I have believed that dream? bit convenient. Oh, so um, she's pregnant, wasn't you? <laughs> oh, and an angel appeared to you, of course. Yes, okay, I get the point. Um, but God said to him, marry, Mary. He was confident in what he heard from God. And I, 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 part of my passion is, is that as a church we become more prophetic and, and we, 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 we go more for the things of God. And there are all sorts of checks and balances that are very important to bring in with that. And Greg Haslam says in his book, you open a window on a hot day to let some fresh air in and the flies and the mosquitoes will come in too. So it'll be a journey. But I do believe that God wants to speak to us more prophetically through dreams and visions and through one another. Say those must be weighed. But we need to be careful who we share our life with. We need to be careful who comes and speaks into our life. Let's just check that that person is in the right place with God and is in submission to the leadership. I really wanted to expound on that, but I'm going to leave that for the sake of time. But Joseph, Joseph believed God and he acted. Hallelujah. The supernatural visions continued. They were affirmed. And actually, if you go on to look in Matthew 2.13, the supernatural saved Joseph's life, saved Jesus' life, and saved Mary's life because the supernatural vision said, go to Egypt, and he did. And it saved their life. If he hadn't, Jesus would have been killed. Now, that would have been interesting, wouldn't it? There's no plan B. So the simple man, his obedience, it's big, isn't it? Sometimes you think you're on the edge. You think, no, I'm not really in the centre of things. You know, I'm not big, big shot. Sometimes that little thing can make so much difference. All I can just say again is let us continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't have a Holy Spirit holiday because it's Christmas. Let's continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit because when you don't get on with one of your, some of your relatives, you need to have been filled with the Holy Spirit before you get in the car to go and visit them. On Boxing Day, saith the Lord. <laughs> Not. So what is our practical response to the supernatural? This is really where I want to get to. Verse Matthew 1, 24, 25. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until the birth of her son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Four things that I want to draw out from that. Firstly, wake up. Wake up. Brothers and sisters, wake up. We're lovely people, we love God, we worship, we read the word, we serve one another, we give our money, we care for the community, we're involved. That's really good. But brothers and sisters, let's wake up. Please hear that in your spirit. Wake up. Ephesians 5, and this is slightly out of context, very important to read the word in context, so I don't have time to unpack this, but slightly out of context, Ephesians 5, 8 says this, For you were once in darkness, or in fact you were once darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Live as children of light. And it goes down to saying, verse 14, for it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Where there's light, it's attractive. And some of us aren't very attractive because we ain't got a lot of light in us. Sometimes I'm not very attractive because there's a lot of Julian, not a lot of Jesus. <laughs> the light. We are children of light. We, we, we had a, the, the Baptist church I was in at 15, we had a girl who went off telling uh, Mar, um, 
Sheila, sorry, I'm forgetting your name. I told Sheila this the other day. She went off to um, All Nations Bible College, 1975, and she came back to our church. And it looked like someone had put a, a, a light on behind her face. I, hadn't, I didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She was a light. She was a light. We're light. Brothers and sisters, let's wake up. And let's be light. Gee, uh, Christmas comes. Of course, it, it's the one time of year that the devil goes off on holiday, which is quite handy. He packs off and says, look, I'll tell you what, I'll leave you. Fall apart for a week, you'll be fine. You know, um, I'm off for a holiday. You need a break. I've been having a go at you recently. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. The enemy doesn't take a holiday. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your red wine. Enjoy your stenders. Whatever. Fine. But let's keep Jesus always. Let's have our mind on him. Let's be open to the working of his spirit, even over Christmas. Brothers and sisters, let's not fall apart and have to spend the first three weeks of January getting sorted out. Let's stay filled with the spirit of God. Because in the first Christmas, quite a lot of supernatural was happening, wasn't it? (laughs) So, brothers and sisters, let's wake up. Did you hear David two weeks ago? Did anyone hear him? Let's see Jesus in a different light. Anyone been praying that? Please, miss, I have. I want to see Jesus in a different light. Even this morning, how David was leading. There's so much more. Do you come to your Bible, you read Ephesians sometimes, go, well, yeah, Ephesians, really good book. But I didn't really get anything from it. Brothers and sisters, there is so much more. And it's the Holy Spirit who will open our eyes to see so much more. So when David says, see Jesus in a different light, I kind of say, Lord, I know this is me, but I want to. I don't just want him to be the Sunday school image. I don't want him just to be that charismatic image. Jesus, I want to know you more. Let's pray like that. Let's hear. What did Steve say last week? He reminded us, it's not about law. It's about relationship. That fantastic scripture, Psalm 119, 68. You are good. (laughs) And what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Have you prayed that this week? Yes, Lord, you are good. What you do is good. Teach me. I need to learn. I get things wrong. I get, I get stroppy about stuff. I get frustrated. I feel people hate me. Lord, teach me your decrees. Let's get hold of these things. Let's hear God and act on his word. Let's be a people who are awake. Now, it is about grace. But also, we need to act on what God is saying to us. Practical response to the supernatural. Be Jesus-centered, not self-centered. Oh, well, I could speak on this for a long time. (laughs) When I was, like many of you, I was sitting in the traffic jam yesterday for over six hours. I do not lie. I put on Radio Kent and they were playing, in between praying for this morning, I hasten to add. I was actually, I thought, how can I listen to the radio and pray for tomorrow because it's a great opportunity. And uh, they played this song about the guy who said, you know, I'm so humble, I'm so wonderful. It was a song from the 1970s and it was an American guy, I can't remember his name. And it was just such a self-centered, that's it, brilliant song. You know, I'm so wonderful, I can't cope with myself. And it completely self-centered. And of course, none of us in any shape or form would agree with that. But I know in some of my ways, I'm a bit like that still. We need to be Jesus-centered and not self-centered. See, Joseph had heard from God. Now, everything he did, every decision, who he married, where he lived, where he worked, where he settled, when he moved somewhere else, was all determined by his desire to follow Jesus and the promise that was in Jesus. 
when um, everything was everything was Jesus centered, even his own physical desires were all based on on obedience to Jesus. As Beacon grows, you will lose your regular chair. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On Sunday, next year, Julian might be asked, and actually we'd like you to have a break from leading worship for a few months. Um, We might have so many people here that I might not know everybody's name and they won't know what a lovely person I am. And then this new guy that will come will probably speech teach here here instead of me, and I don't want that. Isn't very nice. I tell you what, my friends, if if we're going to grow, we have to be Jesus centered, not self centered. Because if you if you sit with him in the morning or you lie in your bed, you just have the sense of him saying, "I love you, son." Then who cares about preaching? Who cares about leading worship? Yeah, it's nice, but it's about knowing him, isn't it? Know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. It's all about Jesus. We keep banging on about it. Maybe, maybe I'll be put into a different cell group with people I don't like. Well, if it's kingdom, then it's Jesus-centred. So what? It's irrelevant. But how do, do, how do I react? What's your reaction? You won't sit there again. You have to change cell group. What's your reaction in your heart? Honestly, in your heart of hearts. Usually it's... I don't see why John and David are doing that. just reveals our heart. Let's just take that to Jesus and say, Father, help me to be more Jesus-centred. I'm going to leave that. Be self-controlled. How many men have we got in the room today? Put your hand up. It's a trick question. It's a trick question. Okay. I'm going to read you the most amazing scripture in the Bible. And it's not John 3.16. It is Matthew 1.25. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. Is that an amazing scripture, fellas? Is that an incredible scripture? God did not directly tell Moses... Uh, Moses. Who is this Moses? I'm sure I've heard of him. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Because there's that wonderful scripture in Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, where Moses has died and and he didn't go into the promised land and Joshua's had hands laid on him, he's going to lead the people in. And God says to Moses, God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, thank you for stating the obvious. But you know, sometimes in our lives, God needs to state the obvious. And he says, Moses is dead, rise up, move out and get on with taking the land. For me, I know God's been saying to me, maybe he's saying that to some of us, X, Y, Z is dead. It was good, it might have been great, it might have been a mystery, leave it. Move on to what God has called you to do. All of us in some shape or form are involved in things. But if God says it's dead, it's dead, move on. So Moses, my servant, is dead. Rise up and move in. Because if we stay by the dead person, remembering how great they were, we ain't going to take the land. Or we will not take the land, rather. (laughs) So that's why I keep saying Moses. That's lost me ten minutes at the end, hasn't it? God did not directly tell Joseph, 
despite being fully married, that he should not sleep with Mary. I can't find it in the word. I really am open to correction on this. Plus, all I share is to be weighed, by the way. Do take this home and think, I didn't agree with that. I'm not sure about that. Weigh it, think about it, pray about it, share with people you trust. That way, you'll be able to assimilate and sift out what is God saying to you and what is just the filler. Such was the sense of Joseph's righteousness and holiness, I believe, that he made the decision that he wouldn't sleep with Mary. He laid down his own strong natural drives and desires for a season for the sake of Jesus and his kingdom. Now, John said something a week ago, because, you know, I always pick on the previous speakers, and he said the Victorians spoke an awful lot about death, but they didn't speak a lot about... Yeah? Well, I'm going to correct that this morning. But sensitive, I don't want to shock or offend, I don't want to be, you know, in, in, in any way be, be foolish about this. But I do believe God has got a lot to say on this subject. Let's be clear. Jesus, I sound like a politician. Let's be clear. Take my photo. Let's be clear. Joseph loved Mary. Yet his desire to honour God enabled him to overcome his natural physical desires. I believe that God is challenging us, men especially, to have that attitude, whether we are married or not. Shout amen, or I'm going to feel very vulnerable out the front here. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, John. (laughs) It's a big one. Just weigh this, okay? Matthew 5. I can't remember who's got Matthew 5. Good luck. (laughs) Matthew 5, verse 8, says this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hallelujah. Colossians 3. You love Colossians 3? What a great book that Colossians is. Whoa. Verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Oh, that we would properly die when we got saved. Oh, I'd love to talk about that. We need to die when we get saved. Then we can be raised to life. We have weak Christians because they don't die properly, so they can't be raised properly. When Christ, who is our life, appears, and then you also will appear with him in glory, which we were singing earlier. Hooray! Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, put it to death. Immorality... Put it to death. Impurity, put it to death. Lust, put it to death. Evil desires, put it to death. Greed, put it to death. Don't pray about it, put it to death. These are idolatry. These are things put in the place of God. Put it to death. Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven. Amen? Yeah? It's good, isn't it? Whose sins are covered. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. 
My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. I'm nearly done, so don't worry. Loving, physical relationship, husband and wife, absolutely right. Godly, God-given. 1 Corinthians 7, 2 to 7 for details. But in this world, we are bombarded with images. We are bombarded with all this stuff in our minds and our brains. And the enemy wants to knock men of God off course. If you're a man in this room, let me tell you, he wants to knock you off course. Anyone who has an eye for anyone but their own wife is sin, is in sin. Deal with it, move on. Our old pastor used to say this. He said, the man of God needs to be aware of three W's. Wine, wealth, and women. Okay? Sorry, sorry, this is very practical. I'd love to do a theological study on Leviticus because it's a great book. But let's just be real for a few minutes if I dare. This might be my last one. Brothers, we need to be so careful. Wine, wealth, and women. One of those could be on our case. Let's just stay close to Jesus. Let's stay close in our relationship with one another. And you'll be surprised. It becomes a little easier. You want to know why we don't see more of the supernatural? Do you want to know? I think... My, I think it's because, brothers, we are not pure in heart. We cannot, we don't fall apart all week. Come on, let's be honest. We're, very, we're pretty good 90% of the time. But know your vulnerable times and get help and deal with those vulnerable times. Because the pure in heart will see God. We want to see the power. We want to see people raised. We want to see people healed, set free. We want to see yokes broken. We want to see leaflets going through the door, having an impact on people's lives. We pray our prayers about, you know, Jesus at Christmas. We pray, you know, people will see you. They look at us and they can see us. Maybe the light isn't on because we're allowing a bit of darkness in. Temptation is not sin. Biblical fact. Temptation is not sin. It's what you do with it. And David was alluding to this a few weeks ago as well. Brothers, we are not alone. You know what God loves to do? God loves to place us. In a place that says, I love you, I'm with you, I care for you. The enemy likes to do that as well. You're on your own, you can't tell them. <laughs> That's why we need one another. That's why the word independence is not in the Bible and should never be in any Christian's, any Christian's encyc- encyclopedia. Vocabulary. I came with simple speech. It's not about independence, it's about being brothers and sisters together, supporting one another. What I saw was I saw us as men with our Roman shields. You know, Terry Virgo, who's sort of the father of the, of the churches that we're part of, has been talking about being strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, been talking about the armour of God. And I could just see us as men of the church with our shields and we're just locking them together and we're just protecting one another. Brothers, we need to protect one another. We need to care for one another because as this church grows, and it will, And as there are outbreaks of power in this church, and there will be, I believe, as there's finances released in this church, which I believe there will be, if we haven't got the foundations right, we're going to be in trouble. Because the word says if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? 
we need to get our foundations nice and firm now. Maybe that will open discussion between the chaps. I won't go into any more detail because I don't think it's appropriate. But let's be open to God. Those things, the pure in heart will see God. We don't see God because we ain't very pure in heart. (laughs) Sometimes. But it is a message of grace because Jesus always gives us the way out. That's why he came. That's why he died on the cross to set us free, to raise us in newness of life. Thing is, our spirit gets sorted out, but our soul still needs some work on it. (laughs) That's why we need one another. Finally, Joseph, well, he was obedient. And again, just in my heart, friends, let's just be obedient. Joseph acted in integrity. He was a man of integrity. And as God spoke to him supernaturally, Joseph acted naturally. Met dear brothers and sisters who hear supernaturally and then try and act supernaturally and they kind of scare the life out of you. We need to, as as friends of ours said many years ago, be naturally spiritual. We need to be people of the spirit, but we need to be natural. If your personality is quiet and intellectual, then be that for God. If you're bang, crash, wallop, be that for God. If you're an ordinary person, just be that for God. Just be who God has called you to be. But let's be obedient. God said to him, to Joseph, name him Jesus. Joseph didn't go along to register the birth and said, yep, it's Gary. This is Gary. hope that's all right with you. No. He did as he was told. Guidance, how do I hear God? How do I know whether he's leading me? Well, word of God, prayer, brothers and sisters, a sense of ease, circumstances. God can speak through many things. And uh, if you have a big decision to make, use those things. Speak to John and David because they're there to care for us and watch over us. And they can bring wisdom too. But let's hear God and let's act on what he has to say to us. Shall we pray? Father God, I want to thank you that you are still a supernatural God today. I want to thank you, Father, that you are pouring out your spirit across this world. And Father, I want to thank you that you are pouring out your spirit here in Herne Bay that there are many people who are going to be drawn here on Friday to hear the truth of your gospel, and we thank you for that. Father, we pray that you would raise up righteous men and women, people who are evenly yoked, to come and join this body, to come and work with us, Father, and co-labour with us. Father, we want to thank you for the amazing grace shown to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, that you are not a God who condemns, but that you are a God who convicts, and then draws us on. Lord Jesus, I pray that there would be no place in this church for immorality and lust and greed, but, Father, that we would be men and women of the Spirit. And, Father, I pray, too, that you would deepen relationships between men in this church. Strengthen them, Father, that we can look back in a year's time and see that our relationships are stronger and that our shields are interlocked. Father, I want to thank you for who you are, and the wonderful, wonderful gift of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. We are having tea and coffee, and the you-know-whats are just through there, so do stay and join us. Thank you.